Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah chapter 50. And in this chapter, Jesus is speaking to us. He's the, in this text, the pre-incarnate Christ. And we're going to hear some wonderful things from our Lord. Some of my favorite scriptures uh, are right in this, out of Isaiah, or in this text. Yesterday, Don and I had the privilege of going to Covington, Tennessee, and to go to First Baptist Church. They have a school there, and I preached to them on their graduation. It's a Christian school, and uh, we talked to them. They had uh, several seniors who graduated, and one of the things that I shared with them was this. It's wonderful to go to a Christian church. It's wonderful to go to a Christian school. It's wonderful to memorize Scripture and to study the Bible. But at the end of the day, you know what? you got to love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I mean, you just got to love the Lord. That's what Christianity is all about, is loving Jesus Christ and being more like Jesus. It's not just being good girls and boys. It's about loving Christ and letting Him live through you and being Christ-like. So today we're going to look in Isaiah 50, and we're going to hear from our Lord. Jesus is literally speaking, and uh, he's talking about how God the Father used him while he was on this earth, how he was at this time, how he was going to use him on this earth when he came. And we all know what happens. Jesus was the obedient son, and we read about that, but it shows us also how that every one of us, our goal as a Christian should be to be Christ-like. Are you a Christ-like Christian? Look at Isaiah 50, beginning at verse 4. And we're reading out of the New King James Version. Why would we do that? Because I memorized verse 4 out of the King James Version when I was in seminary, all right? So this is how I know it. The Lord God has given me, Jesus is talking now, the tongue of the learned. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you momentarily. That I should know how to speak a word in season. What a beautiful way of phrasing that. To him who is weary. How many of you have ever needed an appropriate word spoken to you at just the right time? That's what he's talking about. That's exactly what he's speaking about. He, the Father, Jesus said, awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Now, verse 6 gives us information about Jesus that we don't find any place else in the Bible. I gave my back to those who struck me. We know that, but this next part, we wouldn't know it if it wasn't for this verse. And my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. Jesus had his beard pulled out by people who hated him. I did not hide my face. They were pulling my beard and I didn't hide my face from shame. And spitting. Have you ever had somebody spit on you? I have when I was playing football. That made me so mad. 
for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I love this. Oh, this is Jesus now. I have set my face like flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. What does it mean to be Christ-like? Well, there are at least four ways in this text you and I should try to be Christ-like. First of all, a Christ-like Christian will have a wise tongue. Now, I'm not talking about a smart tongue in the sense of being a smart aleck, all right? I'm talking about speaking words of wisdom. Look at verse 4. He says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. I just love that language. It's a messianic prophecy. Jesus is talking. It's from and it's about Jesus Christ. He spoke these words, as I said earlier, in his pre-incarnate state. You say, what do you mean? Jesus didn't begin until he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. Oh, no. That little baby born in Bethlehem was God in the flesh and it existed always from time past. Jesus Christ is from everlasting to everlasting. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. When time showed up, he was already here. He was with God the Father and God the Spirit in the creation. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. The Lord God, that is God the Father, has given me, referring to Jesus, the Son. He's given me the tongue of the learned. He's given me a tongue that knows how to speak wisdom because he has given me his wisdom. This is predicting that Jesus would speak with unprecedented wisdom. And no one ever spoke like Jesus. The Bible says in verse 4, he had the tongue of the learned. And why did he have that tongue of the learned? Why did he have a, a wise tongue? Why did he have that ability to speak such wisdom? Why? So that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Put it all together. He says, my father gave me the wisest mind and the wisest tongue ever to exist with which I will encourage other people with an appropriate, timely message, a word in season. Oh, this verse says that Jesus had a wise tongue and he used it to encourage other people. Now we read about a time when Jesus spoke very strongly to his disciples. At the end of that address, you can read about it in John chapter 6, when he was talking uh, to his disciples. And the Bible says many of them turned away. They stopped following Jesus. Now, I don't believe a true believer can lose his or her salvation. These people, I believe, were just toying with the idea of being a full disciple of Christ. But when they heard some things that were just too hard for them, they said, I'm not going to go any farther. I think that's indicative of the fact that God weeds out the tares. 
and he keeps the, the, the ones that are really the wheat. And the Bible says in John 6, beginning at verse 65, watch it on the screen there, he was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him by the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus looked at the twelve. I love this. In fact, I said this last week. You don't want to go away also, do you? Now, he was saying there, if you want to go, now's your chance. If you don't want to follow me, go follow somebody else. Maybe Jesus is saying that to some of you today. Maybe he's saying, look, if you're not going to follow me, don't claim to be my follower. If you're not going to walk the way I want you to walk, do what I want you to do, then don't follow me. You don't want to go away too, do you? Do you also want to join these people? No, old Simon Peter, whether you like him or not, he spoke a good word here. He answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Now watch. You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. If you want to leave, leave, Jesus said. But if you want to follow, follow. And if you will choose Jesus, he will give you a wise tongue. The Lord wants to give you the tongue of the learner. You know why? Because people need encouragement. How many of you like it when somebody speaks a word in season to you? Does anybody like that? Don't you love it when you hear from somebody that's been with the Lord, they've been in the word, and they speak it in encouraging word to you. Man, it's like a breath of fresh air. And Jesus wants that for you. He wants to be your friend. The Bible says in Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle. I'm humble in heart. You'll find rest for your soul if you'll come to me, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You say, Pastor, how does God speak to us? Well, primarily through the Bible, through the Scripture. But He will also speak to you through the indwelling Holy Spirit. He will prompt you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And then He will speak to you through another Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are just three of the ways that God will speak to you. And I love what Isaiah said and I preached on this a few weeks ago out of Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears, you got to develop spiritual ears. Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right or the left. God will make you a Christ-like Christian, and he will give you a wise tongue. Secondly, a Christ-like Christian will not only have a wise tongue, but it'll have a hearing ear, a hearing ear. Look at verse 4. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Jesus is talking about the fact that the heavenly Father woke him up 
every morning. He said, morning by morning, He, the Father, awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Jesus lived with and listened to God, not just on one day a week, but day by day, morning by morning. We read about Jesus in Mark 135, early in the morning. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. How many of you know that that's the big thing? You got to get out of bed. You got to beat the battle of the covers, don't you? I mean, boy, it's just so snug in there, you know. Just, oh, this is so good. You know, Don and I, we splurge in at least one area, and I won't tell you what it is. When it's summertime, we turn the air condition way down at night so we can get under the covers. Amen? Does anybody else do that besides us? All right, all right. Why? It's just kind of nice being down in there. When that alarm goes off, it's a little bit hard to get out of bed. Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> but Jesus awakens us, the Father does, morning by morning. In the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went out, went away to a secluded place and was praying there. It's a protracted time that he was spending with the Lord. He also, by the way, Jesus would also pray evening by evening. We read in Matthew 14, 23, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. So day by day, evening by evening, Jesus had a listening ear. The Father awakened Jesus here to hear as the learned. Verse 4, verse 5, the Lord God the Father opened Jesus' ear, and Jesus was not rebellious, nor did Jesus turn away. Jesus prayed to the Father, and the Lord gave him a listening ear. I love what the psalmist said about hearing God. He, had a, he said, oh God, I want a hearing ear. Psalm 130, verses 5 through 6, I wait for the Lord. Do you ever wait on the Lord? Do you ever pray and just wait on him? Do you just spend some time with him? The Lord is putting me in a, a, a way in my prayer time where I'm not doing it the way I used to do. And I'll just be frank with you, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's refreshing. And one of the things he's saying to me is, I just want you to wait on me. I just want you to be still and know that I'm God. I don't want you to do all the talking. Well, Lord, I... I like to talk. I know you like to talk. Believe me, I know you like to talk. But you need to listen. You need to listen. And to do that, you have to be still. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. If you waited for the Lord with your soul? And in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord. Let's say that together. My soul waits for the Lord. More than the watchman for the morning. Indeed, more than the watchman. Well, the morning, a watchman, especially in the, the, the fourth watch from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., he was looking for the sunrise. And we need to wake up and look for the Son of God to rise in our hearts. The psalmist said, I want to be like Jesus. I want to have a hearing ear. Jesus often said to his disciples and to people who would listen to him, he who has ears to hear, let him 
hear. Say that with me. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Cultivate hearing my voice. Cultivate the ability to hear me speak. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God would talk to you? He is talking to you. You need to learn how to listen. You need to learn how. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, a child knows his parents' voice. You know, my parents didn't get to go up to Dyersburg until yesterday, went up and put those flowers on the graveside there. But you know, I was thinking as I was working over this sermon this week, my dad's been dead for 23 years. My mom's been dead for 13. I can still hear their voice. I can still hear their voice. My brother's been dead for two or three years. I can still hear his voice. I can hear Donna's voice. (laughs) Can you hear your spouse's voice? I can hear Grant's voice, Lindsay's voice, and on and on. Allie, Bethany, I can hear their voice. I can hear my grandchildren's voice. And you know what? I believe with all of my heart I can hear God's voice. I believe I can. God is a talker. He is inside of you. If you want to hear His voice, first of all, you've got to be saved. Did you know that? You're not going to hear God's voice unless you're saved. Jesus said in John 8, 47, He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, He was talking to some people that were lost, You don't hear them because you're not of God. you got to be saved to hear the voice of God. And then you have to yearn to have a heart for God, not for the world, if you want to hear God's voice. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 3.15, While it is said today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. And you need to flee from sin if you want to hear God's voice. Psalm 85 verse 8, I will hear what God the Lord will say to me. For he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones, but let them not turn back to folly. If I want to hear God's voice, I can't go back to my sin. i got to walk with the Lord. And then if you want to hear God talk to you, you need to talk to God in prayer. I love what Jeremiah, God said through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer you. You call to me. And I'll talk to you. I'll answer you. And I'll tell you or show you great and mighty things which you don't want. Oh, no. Oh, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear. I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. A Christ-like Christian will have a hearing ear. Now, thirdly, you're not going to like this one. A Christ-like Christian sooner or later, will have an abused body. You're going to be persecuted for being a Christian. You are. Jesus promised. Look at verse 6. Jesus is talking. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. 
the pre-incarnate Jesus, is here predicting his suffering. Indeed, Jesus was beaten. We read in Mark chapter 15, verse 15, wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after having Jesus scourged, and it's so bloody and it's so horrible, I won't describe it in detail, but many people died being scourged. And he then handed them over to be, him over to be crucified. And his beard apparently was plucked out of his cheeks. We don't have that given directly in the New Testament, but we know it's true because of this prophecy. But we do see in Mark 15, verse 19, they kept beating his head with a reed. They beat his head. I believe they beat his head after they pulled out his beard. And they spat upon him and kneeling, mocking and bowing before him. And they spat upon him, Mark 14, 65. Some began to spit at him, to blindfold him, beat him with their fist, and to say to him, prophesy. And the officer received him with slaps in the face. All of those cruelties happened to Jesus. You think you've had a bad day. Has anybody pulled out your beard? Has anybody slapped you? Has anybody spit upon you? Because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus warned, if you're my disciple, you'll go through something like that sooner or later. You say, well, Brother Steve, now, the, the Christians didn't have it that bad. Oh, they did. There are at least three martyrs, Christian martyrs, mentioned in the New Testament. There were many more, but three are mentioned. One was a deacon named Stephen. The Bible says in Acts 7, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. These are the Pharisees. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I want to say this to you. That's a unique statement there because it, that's the only place in the Bible we see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Jesus was always seated at the right hand of the Father. But in light of the first Christian martyr, he stood up in honor of Stephen, and Stephen got to see it. I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they, the Jews, cried out with a loud voice, covered their ears, rushed at him with one impulse. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And I won't even describe that. It's, it's horrible. They covered their ears and they stoned him. And the witness laid their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who had become Paul, who would write one-third of the New Testament. But at this time, he was all for what they were doing. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord. He died like Jesus. He literally quoted Jesus twice before he died. They went on stoning him as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Didn't Jesus say that on the cross to the Father? Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Didn't Jesus pray that on the cross? Having said this, he fell asleep. Oh, Deacon Stephen, we salute you today. Thank you for loving the Lord. Then the apostle James, son of Zebedee, brother of John the apostle, also died. We read about that in Acts chapter 12. 
verses 1 and 2. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church. That is, he arrested them in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. His head was severed from his shoulders. You think you've had a rough day because somebody made fun of you because you believe the Bible. Well, James was the first of the apostles to be martyred. And then Antipas, all we know is he was the bishop, he was the pastor of the church at Pergamum during the reign of Nero. He was martyred by being put in a metal, iron metal bowl, and he was put down, and literally, he was burned to death. They had a huge fire under that, and he literally just burned to death in that place. And the Bible says in Revelation 2, verse 13, I know where you dwell. He's talking to the church of Pergamum, where Antipas was the pastor. Where Satan's throne is. You got a lot of people that hate God there. And you hold fast my name. You did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my witness. And the word witness there is also the word for martyr. My martyr, Antipas, my faithful one who was killed among you where Satan dwells. I just want to tell you something. If you're a Bible-believing Jesus-loving Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit, sooner or later, you are going to be persecuted. You may not like that, but you are. But you know what? I'd rather be in love with God and get persecuted here than not love God and suffer in hell for all of eternity. I'd rather have it happen here than out yonder on the other side of death. You will be persecuted. Jesus said in John 15, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you're no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. Everybody say, come out of the world. Come out of the world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I said? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would have listened to you. Paul said the same thing in 2 Timothy 3. He said, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, if you just go to church and once in a while take a glimpse at your Bible, no, you won't be persecuted. But the people that really go after God, God says, if you do that, this world will seek you out and you'll be persecuted. You'll be persecuted. Fellow Christian, in the days to come, a Christ-like Christian will have an abused body. Well, a Christ-like Christian will have a wise tongue, a hearing ear, an abused body. But I like this last one. 
A Christ-like Christian will have a fearless face. Oh, this is good. Look at verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. Right after he talks about being abused, he said, for the Lord God will help me. Let's all say that together. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I won't be disgraced. Therefore, I've set my face like a flint. Now, when I hear that, I don't know what happens, but for some reason I see Clint Eastwood. <laughs> face like a flint means Clint to me, all right? I tell you what, if looks could kill, Clint Eastwood has killed a whole lot of people. Amen. I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. I will not be disgraced. If I'm going to suffer, I'm going to suffer for God. I'm not going to suffer for being a worldly person. I'm not going to suffer for being an ungodly person. If I'm going to suffer, I'm going to suffer for the honor and glory of my Savior who died on the cross for me. I'm going to suffer for His glorious name. And if I do that, I have set my face like flint. I am not going to be embarrassed. I'm going to have a fearless face the whole time. And I'm going to rise up. I'm going to rise up and be like Jesus. I will not be ashamed. Jesus was not disgraced when he was on this earth in God's eyes. He was in man's eyes, but not in God's eyes. He went back to heaven. He was certainly not disgraced. He had set his face like a flint, he was going to the cross, and he knew that he would rise from the dead. He was determined to do the will of God. He was determined to die as an atoning sacrifice on the cross. He was determined to go to the grave and clean it up. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? When I looked at that gravestone of my parents yesterday, and I go about twice a year, and I look at that, I realize that that grave doesn't have the final say. My parents are already with the Lord Jesus right now. They are not hurting. They are not sick. They are with the Lord. And one of these days, those bodies are going to come up out of that ground and be with the Lord. Amen. So let's set our face like flint and say, whatever happens in America, whatever happens in this world, whatever happens in Memphis, We're going to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have set our faces like flint, and we are not backing down. We're not going to be mean. We're not going to be ugly. We're not going to be unchristlike. But like Jesus, we're going to believe the Bible. We're going to believe what the Bible says on gender and marriage and everything else, race and everything else. We're going to believe what the Bible says, and that's how we're going to live. And one of these days, bless his holy name, if you do die and your body is put in the ground, ain't no grave going to hold this body down. Amen? 
Amen. Put the dirt on me all you want to. I'm a coming out. Amen. I'm going to come out of the grave. He makes a way when there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave, ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong. His grace is free. The good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus and let my Jesus change your life. Oh, a fearless face, a fearless face. I'm not going to worry about the grave, 1 Corinthians 15 says, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. I'm not going to fear death. I'm not going to fear the grave. Because God's going to give me a fearless face. I'm going to heaven. Jesus said right before he died, don't you let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places, many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Christians, let God give you a fearless face in the day in which we live. Don't go around worried all the time. That's not a good impression to give somebody else. If you're a Christian, don't go around worrying all the time. Have a fearless face and say, no matter what the devil does, no matter what the demons do, no matter what the people who worship the demons do or the devil do, 1 John 4, 4 is still in the Bible. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And I'm not going to fear what any human being can do to me. I love what Psalm 118, 6 says, the Lord is for me. Everybody say that with me. The Lord is for me. That's pretty good right there. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Oh, you're going to take my life? Praise God, I'll go to heaven. Oh, you're going to take everything I have? Well, you know what? I didn't own it anyway. Everything I have, belong, everything I have belongs to God. I don't own anything. Oh, you're going to beat me? Well, do whatever you want to, but sooner or later I'm checking out to go be with the Lord. You know, when you get to that point and you have a fearless face, Nobody can do anything to you that can hurt you. Don't be holding on to all this stuff on the world. Don't be hanging on to all this stuff. It's not going to amount to a hill of beans. Have a fearless face and God will give you his shalom. Read with me Isaiah. Read these two texts with me and we'll be through. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Read it with me off the screen. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How many of you believe God can do that? Amen. Let's read this, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for, say it out loud, nothing, but in everything, by prayer. Read with me now. And supplication, with thanksgiving. 
Let your requests be made known to God. Y'all have another version or something? What's going on? Like I said, let's read up there. All right. Hey, don't worry about it, all right? All right. I was reading from the correct one, but okay, we'll go with this. All right. Here we go. Then you will experience God. Let's go back and read the whole thing. No, 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 no. Verse 6, throw it in there. There you go. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. How many of you want your heart and your mind to have the peace of God? Amen. 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 All y'all have to do is say, hey, Brother Steve, it's wrong up there. It's wrong here. It's some, something's wrong. All you got to do is tell me. This is not a performance. Amen. It's not. This is not a performance. This is a message from God. Amen. You know what the world needs to see? The world needs to see Christ-like Christians. They need to see people who love Jesus. I looked at those seniors yesterday and I said, you know what? Whatever else you do in life, emulate Jesus Christ. Be like Jesus. When people come around you and say, you know what? I've read a little bit about Jesus and those people are like him. They talk like him. They walk like him. They live like him. They have a wise tongue. They have a hearing ear. They even are abused sometimes. They're, they're put down by people. They're persecuted sometimes. But look at that fearless face. Look at that determination. Look at those people setting their face like flint, knowing that they will not ultimately be ashamed. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He wakens me morning by morning. Every day, let Jesus wake you up. He wakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. This is Jesus talking. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God, my heavenly Father, will help me. Therefore, Jesus said, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint. I know that I will not be ashamed. You know what? I can follow that person right there. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.